The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It does not constitute legal or other professional advice. No one connected with this podcast can be responsible for your use of the information discussed. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and do not represent the opinions of any other person or entity. These views are subject to change, revision, and rethinking at any time. Welcome to Leak, Legal Issues in Policing, a podcast blending the demands of the book with the rulings from the bench through the lens of the bag. Police officers with a solid understanding of the law and their legal powers are more confident, competent, and effective. Each and every episode will examine a legal issue in policing by reviewing current Canadian criminal case law from coast to coast to coast. Be prepared to uncover a legal lesson that will improve your decision making. Now let's leap in. Hello everyone, my name is Mike Novakoski, your podcast host, and you are listening to Leap, Legal Issues in Policing. I took a bit of a break from the microphone over the last two weeks. It was a good time for the Novakowski household. I had a wedding to attend. My daughter got married and the setting couldn't have been more beautiful. Nestled in the forest along Chilliwack Lake Road, mountain views, and a stone's throw from the Chilliwack River. It was a hot day at 33 degrees Celsius, and it caused me to reflect on all of those times I missed out spending time with my children, working as a cop, Christmas, birthdays, and school events. Most of you will understand what I mean by missing out. As a police officer, you make so many sacrifices in keeping total strangers safe, unable to get time off when you want it, working overtime, and being called out and away from that special family occasion. It was so amazing to see my daughter make a lifetime commitment to the man she loves. It certainly was a bit of a tearjerker for the father of the bride, but family, friends, and fun filled the time with joy. I couldn't have asked for a better day. Now on with the podcast. In this episode, I thought I would take a bit of a detour from the law and check out a few statistics on the public's perception of the police. I understand that sometimes you can torture statistics to say what you want, but in light of how the police are sometimes bashed in the media, I thought I would share a few stats I found to be a bit uplifting at least when you compare the public's view of the police to other actors in the criminal justice system. In May this year, Maru Public Opinion released the results of a survey in which they measured the public's respect for 29 occupations. Survey participants were asked to indicate how much they respected each select occupation on a four-point scale. 1. Respect very much. 2. Respect somewhat. 3. Respect not very much. Or 4. Respect not at all. At least four of the occupations surveyed are involved with the legal system. Lawmakers. By that I mean elected members of parliament, judges, lawyers, and police officers. Not surprisingly, or perhaps surprisingly to some, Canadians ranked police officers as the most respected of these four occupations. Well done. Police officers scored 70.5 out of 100, followed closely in second by judges with a score of 68.8, lawyers fell behind at 55.8, and finally, The elected members of parliament rounded out these four occupations at 46.3 out of 100. Now, when you look at the number of survey participants having very much respect for these four occupations, police officers led the way with 34% of Canadians respecting them very much. Only 25% of Canadians respected judges very much, while only 10% of Canadians had this level of respect for lawyers, and MPs only garnered 7%. Of course, This isn't to suggest that police officers were the most respected of all the occupations in the survey. Paramedics ranked number one, and it was the first time this job had been included in the survey. Firefighters were number two, having previously held the number one spot the last time the survey was undertaken. Nurses, farmers, and medical doctors rounded out the top five. Owners of social media platforms were the least respected, with car salespeople in the second to last position. Now, the reason I say these rankings of judges, lawyers, lawmakers, and police officers shouldn't surprise anyone is because police officers usually rise to the top in these opinion polls. When the same poll was conducted in 2021, police officers were again more respected than judges, lawyers, and lawmakers. 
but all four occupations dipped slightly in their respect score between 2021 and 2022. You might ask yourself, how can I feel confident in a single poll? Well, in the last five years, there have been many surveys asking Canadians to rate different occupations in terms of respect, confidence, or favorability. In 2017, a Canada-wide Insights West poll surveyed Canadians about their opinion on several occupations. 76% of Canadians had a very or somewhat positive opinion of the police, followed by judges at 72%, lawyers at 50%, and politicians far behind at 24%. Broken down by region, residents of Ontario had the greatest percentage of positive opinion of the police at 82%, while the people of Quebec had the lowest positive opinion at 64%. And in this poll, nurses rose to the top while politicians, or lawmakers, were dead last. In 2018, Insights West repeated its poll and again police outpaced judges, lawyers and politicians on the positivity scale. But all four occupations dropped slightly. Lawyers actually fell below 50% and politicians topped out at 22% of Canadians having a very or somewhat positive opinion of them. This time firefighters topped the list but politicians remained in the basement. The Angus Reid Institute conducted its own survey which it released in June 2022. This time asking Canadians how much confidence they had in the various elements of the justice system. People had complete or a lot of confidence in their provincial police force in Ontario, Quebec, and Newfoundland and Labrador, with 58% saying so. This was followed by local municipal police or local municipal RCMP detachments at 55% confidence, the Supreme Court of Canada at 54%, the RCMP broadly at 52%, and provincial criminal courts at the bottom with a 40% confidence rating. This survey noted that for the RCMP and local police forces, confidence has steadily declined from 2014. On the other hand, confidence in the court systems have wavered over the years, though trust in the country's highest court has rebounded after a period of decline. In 2020, Statistics Canada released a report about the public perceptions of the police in Canada's provinces. This report found 76% of Canadians aged 15 and older indicated they had a great deal or some confidence in the police, a higher proportion than any other institution studied. Only 57% of people had the same confidence level in the justice system and the courts, and only 38% expressed confidence in Parliament. In 2021, Statistics Canada released another report entitled Criminal Victimization in Canada. It too contained numbers on police confidence. It found a whopping 90% of Canadians had confidence in the police. 41% had a great deal of confidence and 49% had some confidence. No surprises that the most influential factor associated with lower confidence in the police was a previous negative encounter. Also not surprising, relative to the levels of confidence in the police, is that Canadians were less confident in the criminal courts, and markedly less confident when it came to the prisons and the parole system. So what is my point in saying all of this? There is no doubt in my mind that every encounter with the public, pleasant or unpleasant, can greatly affect the community's level of satisfaction with the police. I find it remarkable that those who enforce the law, those who meet people at their saddest, maddest, and baddest, those who walk into the melee and often have to hold people to account for their behavior, are more respected, viewed more positively, and the profession in which people are more confident than those who make the law, argue the law, or decide the law. This despite all of the negative speak we hear in the media about the police. Some of it is warranted. Police officers are human and make mistakes. Sometimes they are just plain criminal. But far too often, mere allegations against the police make the front page or lead the headlines in the news. When the allegations are proven unfounded or outright wrong and the officer is vindicated, that part of the story rarely gets a mention. And if it does, it is buried in the back pages. Allegations exposed, vindication undisclosed. Let me illustrate this point with a recent example. In November 2020, BC's Office of the Police Complaint Commissioner, or OPCC for short, 
received a complaint about a man being stopped by two police officers. For those of you not from BC, the OPCC oversees complaints and investigations involving municipal police officers in British Columbia. These two officers were attempting to locate and arrest a domestic violence suspect. The suspect was described as a Middle Eastern male, about six feet tall, with a slim build and dark short hair, approximately early to mid-30s. This suspect was arrestable on two counts of failing to comply with a probation order and two counts of uttering threats to cause death or bodily harm. The officers attended the last known address of the suspect, which was an apartment building, and saw a man who resembled the wanted suspect, Middle Eastern, slim build with dark short hair, walk away from that apartment building. The officers called out to him, Hey you! When the man turned around, the officers realized he wasn't the wanted suspect. The man, who later complained about the police, stopped and briefly spoke with the officers. The man said he was asked for ID, but told police he didn't have any. The police said they didn't physically make contact with him or ask him for identification. In any event, the officers realized the man was not the domestic violence suspect, and the 22-second encounter ended when the officers and the man parted ways. There was no arrest, no physical restraint, and the police only came within 10 to 15 feet of the man as they conversed, although the man said police were about 5 to 6 feet away. When the man made his complaint, he claimed he was racially profiled, felt threatened by the police, and was not free to go. He described the encounter as, quote, a very dangerous situation. The OPCC ordered an external investigation, meaning an outside police agency would look into the matter. It was alleged the officer's conduct could amount to an abuse of authority by intentionally or recklessly detaining a person without good and sufficient cause and neglect of duty for not following police street check policy. Douglas College instructor accuses New Westminster police of racial profiling, read a CBC headline. I was accosted on the street. Professor files complaint against New Westminster police, CTV News said. And the following led the CTV News story. A New Westminster man is filing a police complaint against the local department claiming two officers stopped him near his home because of his ethnicity. The complaint was thoroughly investigated and the discipline authority, a police inspector from a different police department, concluded that no misconduct occurred. The discipline authority found the man was briefly delayed, but there was no detention. Nor was it a street check as defined under police policy, which would have required the officers to, among other things, advise the person they are not required to provide any identifying information, not required to answer any questions, and free to walk away at any time. But this wasn't good enough for the OPCC. The commissioner thought the discipline authority got it wrong. In his view, the man was detained for investigation. After all, the man was walking along when the uniformed officers called out to him. The man stopped and turned. This, the commissioner felt, would cause a reasonable person to believe they were required to comply with the officers. As a result, the commissioner appointed a retired judge to review the matter. More headlines followed. Retired judge to review case of New West man who says he was racially profiled in police street check, read the New Westminster record. Commissioner questions investigation's decision, read another. Even British Columbia's Civil Liberties Association weighed in on the matter. Decision clearing New Westminster police officers for unlawful street check based on race to be reviewed, said a press release. And in a letter to the New Westminster Police Board, the BCCLA demanded an immediate ban on the practice of street checks. It also claimed the New West PD and board did not appreciate the distinction between investigative detention and street checks. It went on to describe what happened to the man as an unlawful street check motivated by racial bias. And the interaction did not meet the threshold of a lawful investigative detention warranting justification for the stop. As a result, the BCCLA asserted that the officers breached the man's Section 10A charter rights and the street check was an arbitrary detention under Section 9 of the charter. And in its 2020 annual report, the BCCLA highlighted the man's story and quoted him saying, I was the victim of racial profiling by the New Westminster police. So, how did this end? 
Well, the retired judge appointed by the OPCC to review the matter did. And contrary to the OPCC's claim that the discipline authority was incorrect, the judge agreed that there was no misconduct. The judge watched a video of the event and reviewed statements and reports. The judge found what the police did was reasonable. The police were involved in an investigation of a wanted suspect. They attended a specific location where the suspect last resided. They were in possession of the details of his crime, had a description of him as to his age, build, and ethnicity, and they had a photograph. When they saw an unknown man leave the residence, they were reasonably suspicious that the man was the wanted suspect. What the police officers believed and did was reasonable. The encounter was not voluntary, random, or a street check, nor did it amount to a detention. Although the man was delayed or kept waiting, he was not physically restrained, nor was he subject to a legal obligation to comply. Nor was the man psychologically detained. The judge found there was no valid reason for the man to be fearful of the police officers or feel compelled to comply with their directions. The police were in the man's neighborhood making general inquiries regarding an investigation they were pursuing. It would have been clear to the man that the officers were not investigating him. Rather, they were looking for the wanted suspect. The man explained to the officers he was not the wanted suspect and told them he did not have any identification. The officers' questions were nothing more than preliminary questions to find out whether to proceed. The man elected to stop and was aware he did not have to provide identification as requested. He realized the officers were looking for someone else, knew he had done nothing wrong and answered the officers' questions. Since there was no physical or psychological detention, there was no abuse of authority for intentionally or recklessly detaining without good or sufficient cause. As for the neglect of duty allegation for failing to follow policy, since this was not a street check, the policy on street checks did not apply, and, therefore, the officers did not have to follow it. So the OPCC was wrong in his assessment. The police discipline authority was not incorrect as it related to the application of the facts to the relevant police policy, law, and jurisprudence surrounding police investigative detention. At least according to the retired judge he appointed, a decision that was final and conclusive and was not open to question or review by a court on any ground. In the notes of this podcast, you'll find a link to the retired judge's decision on this matter. It's lengthy, but worth the read if you are interested in how this played out. You'll note that the decision has been vetted. You'll also find a link to the OPC's appointment of the retired judge. It too has been vetted. But the BCCLA posted an unvetted copy of the appointment. So it doesn't take much to figure out who is who in this story. So what headlines followed the vindication of these officers? None. Zilch. Zero. At least I couldn't find any, even though I used the same parameters to search as I did in finding the headlines about the allegations. Despite these negative headlines ruling the day, and the final outcome remaining largely unknown when the police are cleared, the polling discussed earlier suggests the public at large supports your efforts. Of course, we can always do better. We cannot ignore that the opinion of the police, like other justice system participants, has dipped in the last few years. This can impact community response to the police. Community confidence about, respect for, and trust in the police is something worth striving for. I believe it is a must. But what we have seen lately in the police response to extremely dangerous situations is utterly remarkable. From the Sandwich armed robbery shooting of several officers to the Langley active shooter incident, the police continue to step up and run towards the danger regardless of how the police are portrayed in the media. Being the most highly regarded element of the justice system is well-deserved. It is encouraging to know from these surveys and polls that the prevailing opinion and sentiment is one of respect, confidence, and support for the police. I so much appreciate you and all you do in keeping our communities safe. For that, I say thank you. And if you think this podcast would interest others, please share it. And if you have a topic you would like discussed in a future episode, you can email me at legalissuesinpolicing at gmail.com. That's legalissuesinpolicing at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. And remember, be careful what you practice. You might get good at it. 
Be smart and stay safe.